I got them. Hey. I've been on. Uh. I've been on the spiritual cleanse lately. Can't tell a man since cause the man says think you crazy. They shady. Don't come around me trying to play me. Cause I am nothing sweet. Don't compare me to Sadie. The difference when you elevate your thinking. You knew better, you do better. This ship is never sinking. I'm always on the rise. The first step is believing. Then I execute the plan with the power of my breathing. Please bring the mindset from all of your achievements. God gave me power. That's like even more the reason. Plenty late nights, early mornings in this season. I be stressed by noon, so I meditate in the evening. Oh God, yeah. my God, where do I find the minds that's like mine? You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover from whatever you've been going through. Yeah. Yeah. My God, where do I find the minds that's like mine? You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover from whatever you've been going through. Been going through. What you going through? All right, we're back. Minds Like Minds podcast. Hope everyone had a, a great Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever you celebrate. Um, got a special, special guest on the line with me. Got Sean Heimberger, Mr. Thoughts of RS. What is going on, sir? Uh, actually, I'm munching on some M&Ms right now. <laughs> and uh, just listening to my good friend Ramon Malpica asking my opinions like anybody really cares what I have to say other than you. <laughs> well, I know one I know one thing everybody wants to know. Are they plain M&Ms? Are they peanut? Are they peanut butter? Are they pretzel? They are definitely peanut M&Ms. Okay. Um, I, as a fat man, I am somebody that doesn't really eat a ton of sweets, but they are a massive weakness of mine. I rarely allow them in my house, <laughs> but a co-worker bought my Christmas gift, bought me two one-pound bag, like the giant party-sized two-pound bags of M&M peanut, and I'm mowing through them real quick. Hey, man. They got them for you. You know what? Go I got to tell them. you, if we're talking M&Ms. Okay. Okay. Let's talk the M&Ms. Pre- the pretzel M&M is highly underrated. Oh, I agree. I'm a pretzel fan. It seems like they don't make as many of them anymore, but if, you, if, you're, truly make, if you're truly an M&M connoisseur, the best one is to take a bag of peanut and a bag of pretzels and put them in a bowl and mix them up. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Got some um some some culinary slash food slash sweet tips from from Sean Heimberger. You only get that here on uh, Minds Like Minds podcast. But uh, lucky you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm your host RL Melpica and um going into the new year, I thought about what am, you know I was I was I was debating on. If I was going to do a podcast, um, you know, I didn't do one last week because of, of Christmas and was debating on if I was going to do one uh, this week because I usually do them Wednesday night and that's New Year's and we got some New Year's things going on. Then I was like, you know what? I got some time tonight and um, it's the end of the year. So why not, you know, do a do a final uh, temperature check on the boxing world and, and kind of go over what we thought 2019 was and, and also what we expect in 2020 um also have to you know we got the end of the regular season in the nfl and most of you out there know that i am in an avid browns fan as is sean heimberger so we're going to talk some cleveland browns as most of you know or i should hope all of you know that they have relieved freddie kitchens of his duties so we're going to uh, jump jump into that a little bit. 
And um, Ohio State. I'm literally crying here. I'm trying to keep it together. <laughs> Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, what a game Saturday. So much to dive into there as well. So we're going to touch upon all that. But, um, you know, just to get the particulars out the way. Um, you need any video production services. This show is always sponsored by Dead by Design Films. So any of you out there, you can go to www.deadbydesignfilms.com. You can also check out Sean Heimberger's blog at, uh, what, what's the website, Sean? I usually have it off the top uh, of my head. Right? at blogspot.com. Dot blogspot.com. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Yeah. You think after twelve years I'd be able to rattle that off? <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but let's 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 get into it. Let's get into boxing real quick. Uh, the the this past weekend, Javante Davis um, had a very lack, in my opinion, lackluster showing against an old, washed up Uriorkis Gamboa. What were your thoughts on the fight? Well put. Moving right along. Um, um, that's about right. I mean, Gamboa hasn't had a big win in years. Has been down double-digit times in his career as far as being knocked down. And Gervonta Davis comes in overweight as he moves up in weight. He then misses weight at the weigh-in. Has to take two times to get... I just didn't see the dynamic fighter that he has the capabilities of being. Maybe he's just... Sl- Maybe at lightweight he doesn't have it. Some guys, like we always talk about, you hit that wall. Right, right. Maybe he's not a lightweight. Maybe he's going to be a guy that physically he's a lightweight, but his best days are underneath that. I, I didn't – if you put him in against Lomachenko, Haney, or Lopez, or even maybe Richard Comey, I think he'd be, all those guys beat him from what I saw Saturday night. Yeah, it didn't seem like he um, – you know, he didn't make weight, first off. Uh, you know, you move up and you don't make weight. That's obviously a red flag. And it's not the first time he's missed weight um, or had trouble making weight, even at 130. Um, I just didn't see the confident, dynamic fighter that I've been used to seeing against better competition, in my opinion, than Gamboa. Like, he didn't throw any combinations. He was trying to load up on one shot every time and just, you know, land this. Like, he even did like a jumping uppercut like the dude from Mike Tyson's punch out. I mean, like he was literally trying to put this highlight reel knockout on, on tape or something um, instead of, you know, setting his shots up and like he had every advantage over Gamboa and he just, I don't know. He just didn't look like he was, I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't that focused or I don't, I'm not sure what the deal was, but he d- definitely did not look good. Well, here, here's my basic, uh, I'm, I'm in agreement with almost everything you said. But one one thing against you said against better competition. If you look at Gervonta Davis's box rec, uh, this Gamboa's his second best win. Or behind Pedraza, other, other than Jose Pedraza, yeah, this is his second best win over a faded thirty-seven-year-old Gamboa. That's and true. And I, I, I just I. I know when I do these shows with you that and, and, and there are probably there's a demographic that likes PBC and that's out there. Like, oh God, here we go. We're going to rip on PBC again. But it's true. Their guys don't fight good fighters, and oftentimes they they don't fight enough. And they don't fight enough good guys, so you never know how good they are. Gervonta Davis seems to be on his way to that. Gary Russell's another one. 
these are really talented fighters that you'd like to see fight real competition, and yet they don't. And now that we're talking Javante Davis on pay-per-view against Leo Santa Cruz, I, <laughs> on paper that looks great. Two undefeated 18,000-time champions with 30 different paper belts, but that's not going to be a fight that's going to draw on pay-per-view, and it's not a fight that many boxing fans are going to care about. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, that reminds me, um, and, and we'll we'll jump off of Gervonta. He he doesn't deserve that much airtime, in my opinion. But the I la- like you, Gervonta. If you're listening, <laughs> I like you. But please fight somebody that fights back. Well, listen to this. So Andre Berto goes on Twitter, and um, he posts, "I would love to see Tank versus Leo or Tank versus Gary Russell in 2020." So somebody, oh, re- I'm down with Gary Russell. Right. So, so and me, me as well. Uh, so somebody replies and says, well, what about Devin Haney or Tevin Farmer or Tiafimo Lopez or Mikey Garcia or Ryan Garcia or Lee Selby or Oscar Valdez, right? So Andre Berto replies, and this is, you know, he replies, sounds good, but I'm talking about fights that we could actually see happening. And I just started, I just laughed and I ended up posting, well, that's boxing in a nutshell for you. You know that you could actually see happening. And this is coming from another fighter, you know, and that's just sad because I would love to see all those fights pretty much <laughs> that, that this person replied to Andre Berto. But unfortunately, because of boxing politics, we will, most likely will not get any of those fights. Yeah, that's about right. But, but here's your problem with that. <clears throat> I mean, maybe that's the right message or the correct message but not the right messenger. How many times have we seen Andre Berto get chance after chance after chance after chance in fights that you look at and you go, my God, will you please go away? Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's always, And I, we're not done seeing Andre Berto yet. I would almost guarantee you he'll be in some kind of eliminator and some kind of PBC FS1 fight in 2020, then he'll win it, and it'll be, you know what? The exciting, electrifying, 18-time champion, Andre Berto, gets his shot against whomever. You know what? Everybody's I mean... going to lift their, Everybody's going to do what, you know, they're, they're just going to, they're going to do the equivalent of the dog peeing on the fire hydrant. It's going to go. Nah, it's exactly, you know what? It's, it's because he's one of those mid-tier guys that is always gonna end up getting knocked out or make a halfway decent action fight so he'll always he'll always get a fight always look if you match him properly that's fine that i mean that's his track record (laughs) you have to match him properly he was never going to be the superstar that well when back when he first started it was with uh al Heyman was with hbo he was never going to be a superstar but but it you have to match him right. If you match him at a certain level, guys in the bottom half of the top 10, top 20, and you match him against a guy that's going to stand there, he can make some fun fights. Yeah. But let's not pretend that he's a championship contender. No, no. Let's not pretend that because he's won you know, a couple belts a handful of times that you want to see him against Spence, Thurman, Crawford, Pacquiao, you don't want to see him against any of those guys. It was just like, remember when they jacked him up so he could fight Floyd and Floyd's last fight? You know, like get real. Yeah, you know, anybody could have seen what that was going to be. No, of course, of course. And and you know, so, I, I, Andre Berto seems like a very nice guy. I just, just 
I, here we go again. This is where I seem like I'm anti-PBC. How many times do you want to see these same damn guys again and again and again, and you have to pretend it's a great fight? Andre Berto, Robert Guerrero, Victor Ortiz. How many times do you want to see these guys? Yep. And, and pretend. Let's, 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 if you said, okay, Sean, it's, we're going to put Andre Berto against Robert Guerrero, and it's going to be the main event on FS1, okay, I'm good with that. But when we want to put it on Fox in front of the the most amount of people that we can we can get for our sport, and we're going to pretend that the winner of this is this close to a championship fight against Errol Spence, it's like, are you effing kidding me? Please, what what year are we in? Is this is this 2009? Might as well be. That's what I start thinking when I hear these same people again and again and again. And and trust me. I, this is my prediction for you. I, when, when I saw Errol Spence the other night yep. on, on the card, I don't believe he's – he said – he told Brian Kenny summer. Brian Kenny said, well, how about spring? Yeah, how about April? And, and Errol Spence said, how about summer? <laughs> okay. I, I'm willing to wager it's probably going to be fall. And when he does, I would almost – I would bet you a pack of peanut M&Ms, Ramon, uh -oh. that it'll be somebody like Andre Berto, Robert Guerrero, these same damn guys. I would almost bet you money that's who Errol Spence comes back against. I'll say this. Um, if that is the case, I, I understand based on what happened. But he did say that it's not going to be a it ain't going to be like a cupcake fight. He said he's he's coming in and he's fighting somebody. Now, granted, that's what he says. Al Heyman might have other plans. So, well, that I guess. And, and look, and I'm not I'm not diminishing Errol's car accident. Although you're going that fast when you're drunk, okay. I'm kind of diminishing your smarts in that, but. I'm, you know, I'm not picking on him wrecking his car. But we watched the same thing with Keith Thurman. Oh, okay. Well, I, I fought once a year, and then and then something happens to me. I tore my shoulder. So now I'm going to be out for eight or nine months because of my injury. Can't expect me to come back against anybody good. So I'm going to come back against a guy that I should – that will be a notch of victory, but nothing to get excited about. Then I take another nine months off. I, that's the PBC pattern. No, I could definitely. I mean, he was barely fighting even when he was healthy. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they fight once a year, and right. then they get in an accident or suffer an injury or something happens, and you you say to yourself, "It's fight, accident slash injury, nine months to a year off, cu uh, cupcake comeback fight, take another nine months off, then maybe you fight somebody decent, then you take another eight or six to nine months." Uh, the only guy over there I think has any interest in avoiding that stuff is Sean Porter. I think if you told Sean Porter he could, he'd fight three times a year, I think he's all in. I don't know if the rest of those guys have any interest in that kind of schedule. No, I mean. Three whole fights a year. I, my gosh. If you would have asked me this question 15, 20 years ago, I would have said three fights a year. Big damn deal. At PBC, my God, it's like they're fighting 20. It's like we're in 1959 and you're fighting 20 fights a year just to feed your family. You know, the thing, the thing with PB, this, the, since you, since we're talking about the welterweight division and Spence and, and PBC, I mean, it's the setup. It's, it's just all bad. And, and I got to admit that I'm not sure that what's happening with Terrence Crawford and top rank is helping anything, but 
I mean, there's really one fight that anybody really wants to see in the welterweight division. And based on what happened to Spence and based on the timeline that you just put out, we're not probably going to get that fight for a very long time, if ever. And Terrence Crawford. I don't, don't think we're ever going to see it. I Ter- really don't think we'll ever see it. Terrence Crawford's if we do only- see it. If we see it, I'm sorry, I'm talking over you. You're good. But I'm, I'm passionate about it. <laughs> You're good. Uh, if we see it, it's going to be like Floyd and Manny. It'll be at the end. It'll be well, when, Bob the older doesn't th- when Bob Arum doesn't think Terrence Crawford is a huge moneymaker anymore or there's, a, uh, or there's some kind of parting of the ways, five or six years from now, Terrence Crawford will sign with PBC, and then you'll finally get to see it when both of them are 36, 37 years old. Right, right. I mean, what is uh, Terrence Crawford's thirty two already? Yeah, so, not that that's old by any means, but he's thirty two years old. He's not twenty seven. You know, he's thirty two years old. Um, definitely not on the downside. But I'll tell you this: if he keeps fighting, let's let's go back a few weeks ago. If he keep, keeps fighting like he did <laughs> uh, three weeks ago, his career is not going to last as long as 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 many people think. So. It's that's the thing. So say yes, you know, Spence comes back against, you know, name your mid-tier PBC fighter here, right? Bam, he fights yep. him. Then you know what's going to happen after that. Well, he already promised Danny Garcia a fight. So that's going to happen. Then oh, by Lord. that time, Pacquiao's probably should be, you know, should be completely done. He'll probably fight him after that. By that time, we're in 2021. You know, I, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I, I, I and none no of those fights I, Danny I care. Danny Garcia against any of those guys. No, me either. I mean, who's Danny? Danny Garcia is fighting another cupcake coming up. Uh, Ivan Redcatch. Yeah, come he on. He who was who's been knocked out by John Molina. Yeah, come on now. Anyways, anyway, so that that's that's the issue there. You know, I don't have a problem with with Spence having a tune up comeback fight if that's the case. But you know, let's 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 get real. And, and you know, uh, we want one fight. And we're, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Let's go back a few weeks ago. All right. Um, Tiafimo Lopez um, has his coming out party. Knocks out Richard Comey in two rounds. Just a vicious right hand. Um, what were your thoughts? And, and and did that change your opinion on what will happen if he get, when, when he fights Vasily Lomachenko? Uh, no. Nothing really changed. Uh, I, I like Teofimo Lopez. I, I actually picked picked Richard Comey to beat him because I thought Comey had a chance to stand up to the power, and he he didn't. Uh, but I, I thought Comey won the first round. I thought he was winning the second round. He got caught. And if Lopez catches Lomachenko, he's got a puncher's chance. I don't think he catches him, I, and I think uh, – it's going to be a little. It's going to be too much too soon. I don't understand what the rush is on the part of uh, the low on the. I don't understand what the rush is, but uh, he's got the puncher's chance. If he, I mean, well, and Lenares hit Lomachenko and knocked him down. Right. He's got the puncher's chance. If he hits him, sure. I'm not sure that's going to happen. I, I kind of like Lomachenko probably by a pretty handy decision. And what I'm really afraid of is this. Lomachenko puts a beating on the kid, and it's not the kind that you knock a guy out in six rounds. It's the kind of 10-11 round beating that changes a fighter's career. Hmm. I don't understand what the hurry is. 
from Lopez or top rank, I, I just don't see it. I don't understand what the big rush is. But nobody called me and asked for my okay. <laughs> no, I um, I agree. I I, I mean, I, when Tiafimo was coming up and he was having those highlight reel knockouts and doing all the Fortnite dances and all that good stuff, um, I, I would have never imagined that he'd have a chance to fight Lomachenko this soon. Um, Give him full credit. I'm, I'm, I have just sat here and ripped on PBC's guys for not daring to be great and all. Give the guy credit. He's going for it. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I'm giving him tons of credit for trying. I don't necessarily think it's going to be the best thing for his future, but give the guy credit. He's going for it. He's not going to. He's not waiting for you know, the right situation and the this and the that. He's going for it. I, I like that. I, and I give the kid and his, and his dad a lot of credit for that. All of that said, in the end, I'm not sure it's the best thing for his future. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Lomachenko fan. I, mean, I think he's a number one fighter pound for pound in the world. Um, but me and you both agree that at 135, he's great, but he's not special. 130, he's, he's might be one of the most untouchable fighters in the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, honestly, um, to, in my opinion. I mean, he's all-time great at 130 or, or even 126. Um, but 135, he's shown, you know, that he's not that dominant, you know, just absolutely outclass you in the ring type of fighter. I mean, Pedraza gave him, you know, some issues. Obviously, Linares gave him some issues. Um, Luke Campbell he, gave not, him some issues. He's not the physical force at 135 no. that he was at lower weights. But that, but that's and what, that, and that's understandable, and that's what gives Lopez yes. the puncher's chance. I think. And that's and, and okay. If we look at the three fighters I just named: Pedraza, Luke Campbell, and um, Linares. Would you favor Tiafimo Lopez over all three of them? Okay. Uh yeah, I probably would. I, I don't know if I'd make him a prohibitive favorite. You know, Linares is a really good fighter with a less than strong chin. Yeah. I think Lope, I could see a Linares-Lopez fight going where Linares is way ahead on the cards and Lopez catches him. Right. Uh, I think Luke Campbell is, is a very difficult fight. You have a southpaw boxer type. Big guy, uh, but but Lopez probably catches him too and wins a decision. And I think Pedraza. I think Lopez is a cut above. Yeah, Pedraza. I mean, if you look round by round, I mean, Pedraza might have given Vas- uh, Lomachenko the most the most trouble. Like just yeah. from around. This is a guy that got knocked out by Javante Davis yes. in eight rounds. Yes, yes. So and you know Lomachenko was coming off of the um, the shoulder the shoulder issue for that fight. Right. Um, there were there were some. Uh, there's some understandable reasons for that, but yeah, Pedraza fought him very well. But the reason I think that, because I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think Lomachenko has the ability to to really put a schooling on this kid. Um, but every second of every round is going to be high intensity because you know that if Lopez land, because Lopez is extremely extremely athletic as well. Now Lomachenko might be one of the most athletic fighters in the probably is the most athletic fighter in the ring but Lopez is very athletic as well and if he's able to find a way to land some of those punches um he is going to be the bigger man in there 
So that's what's going to make it intriguing. I mean, ultimately, I agree. I think Lomachenko wins that fight, but I think it's, it's going to be high-level entertainment. And ESPN, really, I'm sure, is loving that fight, man. I really like what you said because what that may – I would – you know what I'm going to compare that fight to? I'm going to compare it to any time Deontay Wilder fights somebody. Okay. Like we saw with Wilder-Ortiz. I could see Lomachenko winning every minute of every round and Lopez hitting, landing the right hand. Yeah. The kid's got that kind of power. And, oh, yeah. and we're looking at Lomachenko as arguably the top fighter pound for pound in the world, and you're saying if he gets hit by this kid, all bets are off. All bets are that's off. what makes it an intriguing fight. And that's the difference between Bob Arum and PBC. Bob Arum will stick that fight on ESPN and let the world see it to build up future interest where PBC is going to show Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz on pay-per-view just to say they're on pay-per-view. And you know what the smart thing about that is, is, is not only is he putting it on ESPN, but secondly, like he's not afraid of Tiafimo or Lomachenko possibly losing. Because if Tiafimo loses this fight, well, Lomachenko's all-time great. People expect it. He, he can build himself back up. He's a knockout puncher. He'll be back. People will still watch him. You know, just like Canelo losing to Floyd, basically. Um, if Lomachenko loses the fight, well, then shit, you got a, you got a superstar in Tiafimo Lopez. You know what I mean? So I think either way, top rank wins. Yeah. Well, that's what you do, and and that's the argument for why these guys don't want to go and fight uh, interpromotional battles. Because if you've got them both, you don't lose. Right, 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 right. And that's what hurts us in boxing uh, to make these fights that we really want to see. What um, what, what re- you know, what really bugs me about boxing, as far as that stuff goes. Here I go, Ramon. So just tell me to shut up when you're tired of it. <laughs> now you're good. You're good. <laughs> we got Wilder Fury announced. PBC versus Top Rank. They got the agreement they're going to do a joint pay-per-view. ESPN's going to have a couple fights on a pre-fight card. Uh, Fox, uh, the Fox side's going to have a couple fights on a on the pre-fight card. And they're and each fight each each company gets one fight on the pay-per-view card. Now, why in the hell can't we just say? How about these two fights be a top rank versus PBC exactly. guy? Exactly. You're already you're getting the money anyway. And, and look, and, and I'm not saying it has to be Crawford-Porter. I, I mean, because I understand that that's a fight that you could make money on. But Standing you can't tell time, me yeah. that, that imagine, uh, it's, a, it's a little different in the weight class now, but if it would have been last year, wouldn't you like to see Gary Russell, Oscar Valdez? Oh, it would be an amazing fight. And all, you, and- you could make... Make those two fights be a top rank versus a PBC card. Make them fights that make sense, preferably with two champions. Well, you could do that right now. They have Josh Warrington. Make it put Russell in with Warrington. No, you you could make two nice fights on the undercard and make people say, "Hey, look, you know, it's kind of the best against the best." You know, a little bit here. Instead, you know, they'll top rank will put some, you know. Bunch of squash matches, I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's well. Remember when they did uh, uh, Manny and Floyd? Each each uh, company got to put a, a fight together, and uh, P- 
PBC put Leo, Leo Santa Cruz squash match. Yep. And top rank put Lomachenko in a squash match. Yep. Woo! Glad I, that's a, that's the way to that'll put uh, eyes on the television. Well, see, that's the thing, and this is their short term thinking. I've talked about it for years, and this is honestly where the UFC has the has the the the, the leg up on boxing is that. They know that people are going to buy the fight because of the main event, regardless of who's on the undercard. So why and waste? Why waste? In their opinion, short-term thinking. Why waste the uh, the 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 resource um, when you don't really have to? So, but it's not a resource. I mean, they they might think that it is, but you know, like I said, Ramon, I'm not saying that. Hey, you know what? Here's an opportunity to have Terrence Crawford against uh, Sean Porter. I, that's too big a fight, right? But right. you could make. A two solid fights of world championship level of guys that are currently on the Showtime Fox level for PBC and the ESPN level for uh, for top rank, and you could very easily take those and make two really fun and important fights. Because if you're going to put some of these guys on the card anyway, why not do something with it? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's it's just the thinking. I don't know. I don't backwards thinking. Boxing, unfortunately, still has backwards. What, thinking. what if you took okay, just right offhand? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if you said uh, you got Jamal Charlo on the Fox uh, on the PBC side looking for a fight against anybody that can breathe? Top rank has Murata. <laughs> What about Charlo Murata? That's not a pay-per-view fight. That's not costing you any money. And the winner will be elevated because they fought somebody good. I agree. That's the type of fight you'd like to see. One or two of those type fights. Instead, it'll be, you know, the boxing equivalent of Macho Man Savage against uh, Jeff Craney. (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. What did did you think of, of Crawford? Um, against um, Cavaliascus. I know I butchered that, but... Uh, here's the thing. I love Bud. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... I think it was a stubbornness thing. I mean, he was knocked down. I, I think it was a flash knockdown. He wasn't hurt. Right. But, it, I mean, he was knocked down. He didn't call it that, but, you know, he was knocked down. But everybody... Almost everybody gets knocked down. But it was a stubbornness thing. He... As soon as he went, was, as soon as he changed stances, he was going to dominate this guy. And he just said, "Ah, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do what I want to do because I could beat this guy like this." And he did. And as a result, he didn't look quite as dominant as usual. But you always had the feeling, ah, you know what? He's fighting this guy because he feels like fighting him. As soon as he switches, it's over. Right. Right. And you know, that, I mean. Bud's a cut above these guys. Bud's a cut above, to me. He's a cut above them all, except for Spence. I mean, he's a, I love Sean Porter because he's a Cleveland guy. But if Bud fought Sean Porter, it would would not be as competitive as Sean Porter Errol Spence is. I guarantee you, it would be more like when Sean Porter fought Kell Brook, where he tried hard. It went twelve rounds, but there was a clear cut winner at the end of the fight. It was not close. I, I I 
tend to kind of agree with you, but you know, I thought the same thing. I thought I thought the same thing was going to happen when he fought Spence, and he he exceeded. I think he exceeded both of our expectations in that fight. Oh, he did, and I love Sean Porter. But he's and but don't, but don't you think his size advantage over because Crawford's not a big guy? You know, remember he came up from what one thirty five. So yes. I, I mean, I think that might. I'm not saying I think Porter would win. No. By no means. Well, Crawford was a, Car- Crawford's a natural 140. He fought at 135 because he couldn't find anybody to fight him. Right. At you know, and so he dropped down and then moved back up. I, I I think if Crawford fought Porter, he would not allow Porter to do what he does to all these other guys. And I think Errol being naturally taller and blo- and bigger than Porter. They're both natural welterweights, but as you look at them side by side, uh, Porter's blockier, but you can tell Spence is a naturally bigger guy. Right, right. right. Uh, uh, Spence fought Porter's fight. I don't think Bud would. I, I think it was for four or five rounds, Porter would come in, and then, and then he would start chopping him up, and – Porter would probably last the distance, but I don't think we'd be talking about it as a fight of the year candidate, and I don't think we'd be talking about it being close. Okay. I'm thinking like nine three. No, I, I I can see that. I can see that. Um, what's your fight of the year, man? Oh, uh, Donair in Inoue. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That was that. Was I mean, there's, there's some great fights this year. There was. It was a good year for but, boxing. Yeah, it really was. I mean, we're always talking about so-and-so didn't fight this guy, so-and-so didn't fight this guy, and that's all true. But this was a good year. We got a lot of really good fights, fights that we didn't expect to be great. Right, right. We didn't. Ex- I didn't expect Spence Porter to be a good fight. No, no. I expected not. it to be a lopsided fight. I, 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 I thought Derevinchenko would give Triple G all he wanted, Right. but I didn't think it was going to be that close. No, that was a, that was a shocker. Um, but but in no way in uh, Donaire, uh, watching that fight at seven o'clock in the morning, uh, you felt like you were wa- you were part of something that nobody else paid attention to. Uh, it was it was tremendous. I both my last two fights of the year have been from Japan. So uh, it's a we'll, trend. Uh, <laughs> some other some other good. Jared Hurd Julian Williams was a fantastic fight as well. Oh, it was, and you know what? And, and uh, I've oh, I like J Rock a lot, uh, um, and I'm a really big fan of his uh, trainer, Breadman Edwards. He really is a uh, a smart boxing guy. Uh, I, I felt really good for Julian Williams because after he lost to the Char, after he got knocked out by Char- Charlo, a lot of people got down on him because he fought some. He was on a lot of PBC co-features and main events against some kind of pedestrian guys and people were wondering if he was really really what they thought he was going to be initially and i felt really good for j-rock winning that fight now i have nothing against jared hurt but i felt really good for for williams winning that fight my my problem with the pbc junior middleweights is i think they have like four or five guys that are all about the same level that none of them are breakout stars but they're all going to make really fun fights against each other. Mm-hmm. But one of them is not better than the other one. It's all going to be this guy's style beats this guy, but it loses to this guy. Herd beats um, – oh, gosh, who did Herd beat? Herd beats Harrison. Lara. 
And Harrison. Heard beats Harrison. Heard beats Laura. Harrison beats Charlo. Uh, Williams beats Heard. It, it, it to me, it just seems like they have a bunch of guys that are not elite, but they're very good. They're all make good fights against each other. But for right now, it could be Williams. Williams could fight Charlo and lose. Char, you know, Charlo could look like he's the flavor of the month, and then he could fight Hurd or Harrison a third time and lose. I mean, it just seems like they're all very good, not great fighters that, depending on what what guy they pull out for an opponent, depends on who wins. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's very well put. Uh, and, and it, Wh- makes, which is it fun, makes it fun. Yeah, it makes it fun. It's fun for us as fans right. to watch that to say, "Oh, wow!" You know, this. You know, everyone. Every time these guys, and Eris Landy Lara, who went from one of the most boring guys in boxing to all of a sudden he's the new Arturo Gatti, um, <laughs> to toss him in there. Um, well, you think about this too. Let's let's just project for a second, and I eventually think that Spence is going to move up to one fifty four. And he'll have all those guys. Granted, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do the whole we're friends, we're not going to fight type shit. Hopefully not. Spence doesn't seem like that. But um, all those guys, I mean, how great would that be if he if he were able to, let's hypothetically, you know, I don't think it'll be great if he ends up never fighting Crawford. But let's say he does fight Crawford, then moves up to 154 and has all those guys. That would be fantastic. I, I have to tell you. Watching that Errol Spence interview, I think there's a 50-50 chance that we've seen the best that Errol Spence has got. Uh, I hope not, man. I hope not. I, I'm, well, I, you know, I mean, I mean, Ramon, I'm watching that interview. He he looked a little rough, and he was and slurring a months. little bit. I mean, two months. I mean, not a month, not yeah. two weeks. I mean, that's two months, and he's his his eyes are still, you know, of uh, uh, the uh, uh, they're still bloodshot. Yeah. Uh, he's slurring his words. Now, to be fair, he's had dental work on his teeth because of the accident, and sometimes that can screw with your speech. For sure. Until you, sure. We don't know the you know, extent. So I'm not willing to say that there's, like, neurological damage, but he was certainly slurring his words. Yes. An accident like that can take out of you the equivalent of five or ten fights. Very true. That's the kind of – when you look at – when you watch that accident on on a surveillance cam – Yeah. You go, how in the hell is this guy still here? Yeah, that's true. That's the type of accident that takes takes away from you more than any one fight can take out of you. I, I'm not saying that it has. I don't want to go out, but no, no, I would this say is... it's 50-50 that we've seen the best that you're going to see out of Errol Spence. That's, that's Sean Heimberger. Great commentary from the wealth of boxing knowledge right there, because that's that's my that is my worst fear, man. Because you know I like I like Spence, man, and I'd, I'd hate I'd hate for that to happen. I'm I'm happy he's alive. I mean, first and foremost, of course, but um, I'd hate to see that if that's the case, man. But so, what so you say I, is right. I, I'm an Errol Spence fan. I, I I lean a little bit towards Bud Crawford, but I'm right, an Errol right. Spence fan. And and I hate to see that, but you know, I mean, it it does happen. I mean, an accident like that. You don't realize it until you look at it way down the road that sometimes what it has taken for you to walk away alive has taken something out of you that you don't realize until you're in the ring. Maurice Hooker versus uh, uh, Jose Ramirez, man. That was a great fight, man. Um, it Hook, was. Hooker, it moved, was. Hooker moved up to 147. 
Um, he has the, I think he has the power to compete and the length. Um, I'm not sure if he has the chin. Uh, and what do you think of Ramirez? Does he own the lightweight division now? Especially since Progress got beat by um, Taylor. I would, I would love to see. I, I, I hope that, I hope that they can get Ramirez and Josh Taylor together. That'd be a good fight. And I'd also like to see the winner defend the titles one time, because when you think about it, in the last couple of years we've seen two guys unified divisions completely. We've seen uh, Terrence Crawford at 140, mm-hmm. and we've seen Usyk at Cruiser. And isn't it yep. nice when you can put all four of those t- just one time? I just wish Terrence time. Crawford wouldn't have wouldn't have uh, vacated them at right. I wish he was. He vacated okay, right before the big guns came, man. <laughs> yeah. He left too soon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I wish he would have said, yeah, well, just for one time, I'm going to put all four belts on the line against whoever it's going to be. And isn't it and, ironic uh, that top rank top rank has no welterweights, but they got all kinds of junior welterweights and, and bud leaves literally right before they come out. Well, they, that, that's the one thing is they may be looking at it and thinking, hey, bud, just hang in there for another six months and we're going to start to feed you. Yeah. Uh, that's I've heard Top Rank is desperately trying to sign Josh Taylor for that really? very reason. Okay, okay. Uh, for that very reason that if they can, even if it's a co-promotion type deal, right? all of a sudden you've got – Ramirez versus Taylor for all four belts. The winner can fight Crawford. The loser's not out of it, um, it, it especially because they work with Lou DiBella some. He has uh, Regis Progra. You know, I mean, their fights all of a sudden, if they can work out an agreement with Taylor, top rank is all of a sudden. If if they could find Taylor, they could look up and say, "Okay, PBC may have these guys, but we can provide these fights for you too." And when one side doesn't hold all the cards in negotiating, that's when big fights happen. Yeah. When if Top Rank could say, "You know what, Al? I know you seem to think that we have to sit around and wait for Terrence Crawford, but we really don't." He can go one, two, three. And in see, and unlike you, we actually fight our guys. So we don't need you. We want you because of the obvious reasons, but we don't need you. And sometimes that's what it takes. So really, root for Rob. I, I'm generally not in the business of rooting for promotional teams, but sometimes I'm rooting for guys to sign with certain people so we can see certain fights. So I'm really rooting for top rank to be able to work out something that some kind of involvement with Josh Taylor. Right. Um, real quick. I shouldn't say real quick, but let's talk. Um, let's talk. Time about- I have. I have all day. You want to talk <laughs> to me for three hours? You want three hours of thoughts on RS tonight? I'm here. Hey, yeah, for sure. We got to get to those those Browns and those Buckeyes. But um, before that, light heavyweight division, which is one of my favorite divisions right now. Um, Arter B- better be have amazing performance against Gavazdik. Uh, we saw what happened to Kovalev. Not sure what Canelo's going to do if he's well. Supposedly he's, he's not already gonna, vacated. Yeah, that he's title. already vacated it. So, and then you got uh, Bival and a couple other young cats. Um, what do you think? What do you think happens going forward? Like, what's what's the next big fight in the division? Well, Better BF is going to fight his mandatory against a gentleman from China. 
and I and surprisingly, top the purse bid for that was today. Which mandatory top, is that? Which which um, uh, IBF? Okay. Uh, and I'm forget. It is a fighter from China who won an eliminator. Uh, but the purse bid for that was held today, and top rank did not win it. What? Who won? It was uh, won by a Chinese promotional company in uh, in coordination with. Rock Nation, who I oh, could have goodness. been out of business for all I knew, uh, and they will be putting that fight on sometime in April in China. I would have bet money that Top Rank was going to win that first bid. But wow! So coming uh, off his so biggest now, win, they, they don't even get the rights to his next fight. Yeah, off his biggest man. win, and is going to go to China to fight a guy nobody's ever heard of, and it'll probably be on American. The only American network will have it on YouTube. You have to watch it on tape delay on YouTube. I don't always bet money on it. Wow, you know, I, you know, to me, better be Evan. He's he's he he has the ability to be one of the most dominant fighters in the game. I'm, I'm excited to see if um, if they can possibly make a Bevol fight happen. Um, they'll probably end up feeding him Kovalev just for the hell of it. I mean, what the hell does Kovalev have left? Um, so that'll be interesting. I loved Better BF, who I've been uh, ever since you and I have met. I've loved the guy, and uh, I was pushing him when he was like three and four and zero, oh, and Kovalev was the terror of the division. But I loved Better BF after he beat Gavazic using the goes, Yeah, I'm a two belt champion now. I think it's about time that I start working hard and training hard. Jesus, you're kidding me, right? Uh, you're killing everybody in the world. And now you've decided that you've won two championships. You're going to step up the pace a little bit. Wow. Like if, if it's, if that is, if, if what he's been doing is stepping off the gas, my Lord, this is going to be a fun couple years. It is. It is. <laughs> oh man. Let's, let's, let's jump into the heavyweights. Um, obviously we had some, some big fights this year, you know, most notably Joshua getting knocked out by Ruiz and then the rematch with, which happened a few weeks ago or about a month ago. Um, actually not a month ago, what? 23 days ago. So, um, yeah, close, close, the beginning of the month, yeah, beginning of the month, um, Ruiz obviously came in extremely out of shape, which I think most of us expected, you know, um, but Joshua did fight in a completely different style i want your take um on on what you saw and what you think it means for anthony joshua moving forward Uh, well look i don't think it hurt him any i mean i know a lot of people said it was boring the thing the only thing that makes me wonder is look andy ruiz is not a huge puncher and he kind of fought him like he was this huge puncher if you're going to fight Andy Ruiz like that, what are you going to fight Deontay Wilder like? Hmm. I, I I thought Joshua won you pretty clearly. He made the adjustments that fighters need to make after a loss. I don't think it hurt his aura any, like a lot of people seem to think it did. But, uh, you know, I... I I think the next fight, whoever it is, I think it, it appears like it'll be Puliev. I'm not sure on that. Puliev's is IBF mandatory. Usyk's is WBO mandatory. They each are ready to have – they each want their guy to be next, and Eddie Hearn's trying to work it out with them to try to keep be able to keep all the belts. Uh, 
I think Pouliev's a guy that'll be perfect for Joshua. I think he'll look great against him. Um, you know, I, t- I tend to agree. You're not, yeah, I don't think I, I, I think Ruiz obviously knew he was out of shape. Um, also was banking on the fact that he stopped him in the first fight and, you know, I guess fell in love with his, his power. Um, but I'm, if that's the new Anthony Joshua, if that's what he's going to resort to, I'm out. Like that's, that's not, that's not the Joshua that I, you know, fell in love with and thought was going to be the future of the division. I'm not saying, not saying he can't be successful, you know, and, and maybe maybe he utilizes that style mixed with a little more mixing it up, you know, when he gets a guy hurt or something like that. But like you said, if he's fighting Deontay Wilder, because let, let's look, let's because these are the fights that he's going to have to be in in the next couple of years to stay relevant. If he fights Deontay Wilder, there is no I mean, I just don't see any way that he's going to mix it up, which ultimately kind of dilutes the whole idea of that fight like yeah, the fight was going to be huge before he lost to Ruiz, but the fact that you know the the fight would still be big. It wouldn't be as big as it originally would have would have been, but it still would have been huge. I mean, you have two massive human beings in the ring with massive power, and Joshua is a much better boxer than 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 Wilder. So, still, what I would think would be a fifty fifty fight because styles make fights. I mean, Ruiz beat. Uh, beat Joshua because he was able to get inside and had quicker hands. Simple. Wilder's not that kind of fighter. I mean, Wilder com- doesn't have much boxing skills at all, stays on the outside and tries to land his big right hand. You know, that's something that Joshua could probably take advantage of. But if he's going to fight him like Floyd Mayweather, I'm out. I'm completely... He might win. Don't get me wrong. He might win the fight. But Wilder has shown a propensity that he's going to land that right hand at some point in the fight, and if and if uh, Joshua comes in passive like that, I, I'm just I'm just not excited about that at all. I, I can't blame you. I mean, and he definitely has seemed to uh, have adopted the Klitschko style of clutch, grab, dance, whatever you know, and then wear you you know, except for he didn't wear Ruiz down, but. They they don't make for the most exciting fights in the world, right. and uh, but you know let's be honest I don't think Tyson Fury makes the most exciting fights in the world. No 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 no. But I don't think anybody I mean, was thinking anybody was like for okay I don't mean cut you off here but the fight that's coming up Wilder Fury two and 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 they're hyping it up like it's going to be the biggest box you know the biggest pay per view sell of all time which is absolutely ludicrous probably won't even be fifteen percent of what the biggest um, uh, fight of all time uh, was. And um, the the only intrigue in that fight is because Tyson Fury came off the canvas like The Undertaker, and he pretty much outboxed him and and, and played around, and, you know, um, he's just a showman in the ring. That's the only reason that people would be excited about watching Tyson Fury fight Deontay Wilder. The fact that he might get knocked out, and the fact that he's, you know, he's a showman in the ring. Joshua's not a showman. He's not. He's not like that. He doesn't have that type of personality. And if he fights like Tyson Fury, I mean, he's going to people already compare him to like a Frank Bruno type of fighter or Lennox at his worst. And and that would just add to that to that um, to that dynamic, to that um, uh, reputation. You know what? I got to tell you something. Now, you 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 you. you were, you're too young to remember Frank Bruno. Why do you say that? <laughs> I remember Frank. He hurt Tyson in the first fight. I remember that. 
Yeah, how old were you when that happened? Probably like two. No, I don't remember. There you uh, go. No, no. Um, I, I don't remember it live. <laughs> but I am a historian, man. <laughs> For sure. But, but, but in all seriousness, that's that's not an unfair comparison. Um, I, I think I, I have to say, I'm not sure any of these three guys are going to add up to great fights. Like remember, when we were talking about the junior middleweights, and we say that you take any five of these guys and mix them up and have pretty entertaining fights, right? Wilder Fury was only entertaining the two times that Wilder hit him. I I don't think the next fight, I don't think the next fight's going to be entertaining. Somebody might get knocked out, but Ramon, you and I watched the Wilder Ortiz thing. Right. That was not Oof. a fun fight. I mean, yes, no. the five seconds, the, the couple seconds that Wilder landed and knocked him out were great. The rest of that fight, you're going like, my God, what the hell's going on here? I'm If I was paying for this, I'd have been pissed. I don't think that I, – I think Wilder Joshua is going to wind up being a lot like uh, Wilder Stavern 1, where they stood around a lot at range and said, you know, come on, come on, come on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Fury Joshua would be a sloppy – lean all over each other, grab, hold, clutch, kind of like two John Ruiz's going at it. Well, see, okay. I just don't. Let me jump in real quick because I want your opinion on something. See, obviously Joshua fought Ruiz a certain way because Ruiz knocked him out. If he goes into a Tyson Fury fight and fights that same way, that's going to tell you a lot about Anthony Joshua because there's, I'm not saying Fury can't hurt a fighter, but he's by no means a big puncher. And there's no, no reason that Anthony Joshua shouldn't go in there and try to take his head off. But no, I, I agree with that. Uh, and, and, and for you guys out there listening, I did mean John Ruiz, the old clutch grab guy who lost the uh, the uh, to Roy Jones Jr., not Andy <laughs> Ruiz. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but I, I just don't think those three guys, their styles don't mesh well to have fun fights. Unless Joshua wants to be the Joshua pre-Klitschko, that Joshua against Wilder would probably be a fun fight. Right. But this Joshua and Wilder, who takes like half a fight to throw a right hand, and Fury, who just slops all over you like a six-foot-eight giant Gonzalez, <laughs> uh I just, I just don't think the three of them, me- their styles don't mesh well to make fun fights. No, and you know what's so, okay. save your pay per view money for fights that matter. Well, th- this fight <laughs> well, that, matters. That but, fight matters. <laughs> it matters. It matters a lot, but stylistically, save your money for something that's going to be fun to watch. Well, so, oh, well, let instead me instead of just tick you off. Well, let me ask you this though, okay? Because I'm highly intrigued with the fight because I want to see if. Deontay Wilder can keep doing what he's been doing and basically living off one punch. Can can Fury outbox him for 12 rounds and not mess up for five seconds? Like that to me is intriguing. I want to see if it, it might not be the most action packed, but I, I mean, it's something I want to see. I want to see if, if Fury is able to outbox him for 12 rounds without getting caught. I'm intrigued by it. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. It's important. 
But if you're the casual boxing fan thinking that you are going to see an absolute heavy, if you're thinking you're going to see Joshua Klitschko, that's not it. What you're basically going to pay for is can Wilder hit Fury and put him out? And it won't be an exciting way back because Wilder, look, everybody thinks, oh, Wilder can hit, knock everybody out that he hits. And that's very true. But the Wilder that fought Fury and the Wilder that fought Stavern in the first fight and the Wilder that fought Luis, if he respects you, yes, he, he almost gets into that shell where it's, okay, this guy's pretty good. I, I, so my chance of winning this is the one right-hand eraser, but he doesn't come charging in. He's not the wildly entertaining guy that uh, that you see against the Eric Molinas and the Dominic Brazils and the the uh, French pastry guy. And, and he's not like <laughs> Arthur, that against top notch fighters. <laughs> so you get what you get is okay. What you get all too often with Pete Deontay Wilder is remember how Vladimir Klitschko fought Fury, where he just walked around the ring with his right hand cocked and he could, couldn't or wouldn't throw it. Mm-hmm. You get rounds like that from Wilder when he fights good fighters. For sure. And I'm afraid that what you're paying for is you're watching a guy with his right hand cocked and will he land it over the course of 12 rounds, and the other guy is not really going to beat him up. He's just going to you know, maul a little bit, grab a little bit, box a little bit, wave his gloves a little bit, and do a, you know, that's what you're paying for. And if you pay, you know, I, I, I'm intrigued by it, I'm interested in it, and it's very important, but I'm not sure it's going to be all that entertaining. Is Deontay Wilder the heavyweight version of Prince Nassim? Yes. That's a hell of an analogy. I love it. I'm stealing that, by the way. <laughs> Go for it, man. That just popped keep in my in head. Keep in mind. <laughs> keep in mind. Now, now, for those of you people that are that wonder who the hell I am, when Ramon and I first became friends, I was making a name for myself on Twitter by knocking the hell out of Prince Nassim, and still am <laughs> to this day. <laughs> Told Dan Rayfield that he didn't know a damn thing about boxing if you vote for Prince Nassim for the Boxing Hall of Fame. That's a Which was probably a stretch on my part. A whole different conversation. All right, here's what I'm gonna do. This for the for the end of our boxing uh boxing portion of this podcast. I'm gonna go through ten fighters, right? And I want you to tell me what we're gonna be saying about them at the end of twenty twenty. All right. At the end of twenty twenty. Okay. See, you always do this stuff. This is the stuff that I miss about doing a regular <laughs> podcast with you. Fred Landucci's out here someplace going. Damn, why don't they bring him to do this stuff every week again? <laughs> we got to keep you guys anticipating, you know? All right. Vasily Lomachenko. Uh, so, so you're looking for a prediction or a sentence or a word? What are we looking for here? Uh, you're, you know, you're the wealth of boxing. Now, at the end of 2020, what will we be saying about Lomachenko? Um, lightweight, world lightweight champion. The WBC franchise uh, belt is stupid. And he might be dropping down to 130 for more competition. Okay. Terrence Crawford. I think the fight we'll be talking about near the end of 2020 will be, uh, boy, 
early 2021 against either uh, Ramirez, the Ramirez-Taylor winner is going to be the super fight we've been waiting for. Wow. That's bold. Okay. Canelo Alvarez. Um, I think I think it's going to be a down year for Canelo. I, I, I don't think he's happy with his uh, promotional status right now. I don't think he has an outstanding fight that anybody cares about making other than Golovkin, who refused the fight. I think it's going to be a disappointing year for Canelo. Naoya Inoue. I think he is sitting on what is going to be, if they make the fight, the upset shocker of the last decade. They will make a fight against WBO champion John Real Casimiro, who will shock the monster wow. and knock him out. You heard it here first. Mine's like mine podcast. I know we will get beat in 2020. I like it. I like it. All right. Errol Spence Jr. Will fight one squash match and will wonder what he has left. Oof. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, Alexander Usyk. Uh, will be kind of in a waiting, holding pattern, waiting for him to fight uh, Anthony Joshua. That fight probably happens in mid to late 2020. And as good as he is, he's going to put a good showing in, but loses to Joshua because he's just not, you're giving away too much size. Okay. All right. Gennady Golovkin. Boy, you know, this is the hardest question of all because I thought when he walked to the ring against Derevinchenko, he did not look like him. Normally, Ramon, you and I have been watching this stuff a long time. And normally when these guys go, I was sick, I didn't train, or what, and you look at it and you go, oh, come on. But when he's walking to the ring, if you watch that fight now, he looks like a guy that's got the flu. He looks like a guy that's got food poisoning. Yep. What's he got left? That's the question. I, I'm going to very, I'm very hesitant. I'm going to lean towards saying he was sick. Okay. And he'll make a squash match defense, and near the end of the year, they'll find something larger for him to fight, and he'll still have his titles at the end of this year. But I don't feel great about saying that. Oof. Maybe he's on his way to being finished. All right. Juan Francisco Estrada. I love Juan Francisco Estrada, <laughs> my favorite fighter that no one ever talks about. Uh, I think he will probably fight Rung Vizai again, and he'll he'll beat him. And I think he's going to fight Cal Yafai. I think at the end of this year, he's going to have two or three of the junior bantamweight belts, and the fight against uh, the third fight against Rung Vizai is going to be arguably the fight of the year. Nice, nice. Deontay Wilder. I think will be exposed for what he is. A guy that can knock anybody out and has the capability of throwing a stinker in there. Uh, I love the Nassim Ahmed comparison. Uh, if I had to say a heavyweight, I, I think he's going to be, I, I think he's the young George Foreman. Okay. If he hits you, he takes you out. But he's not especially skilled. And he's only got so much in the tank. And if you prove you can take a shot, 
he shot his wide. All right. So Deontay Wilder will be exposed. So that means he's going to lose, right? I didn't say that. <laughs> all right. All right. Manny Pacquiao. Uh, I think he'll fight Danny Garcia in a fight nobody really cares about. He'll win a lopsided decision, and then we'll be talking about uh, who's he going to fight in 2021. All right, I got two left. Virgil Ortiz. Is the guy, he will be in the position that Terrence Crawford is in right now. He's going to be the best guy in the division that has no promotional, no people on his promotional company to fight, and nobody's going to want to fight him. What is Virgil? Is he, uh, he's the zone, right? Uh, Golden Boy. Uh, Golden yeah, Boy. Yeah, Golden bad. Boy design. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, all right, and Devin Haney. I like Devin Haney a lot. Wish he wasn't handed a championship belt by the WBC's idiotic lightweight, uh, that franchise thing, giving it to Lomachenko, because had they not done that, I think Lomachenko would have fought him because he wants all four belts. But now... Since they wanted, since they did that, there's no logical reason for Lomachenko to fight Haney. I think Haney is going to have, you know, two or three squash matches again, or you know, or bottom end of the top ten. Top rank has all the cards in that in the lightweight division for the most part, and uh, I think Haney's kind of going to be stuck a little bit. I think the WBC did Haney more harm than good by handing him that title. All right, so just for fun. Floyd Mayweather Jr. He he exists. He still, <laughs> is he still around? He's still around. <laughs> I, I haven't heard that name for a while. Will we hear it? Will we hear it at the end of at the end of twenty twenty? Uh, ah, by the end of twenty twenty. Ramon, Ramon, Ramon. We're going to hear it until he turns sixty. <laughs> because he can't handle being out of the spotlight. Uh. He, he's like the he's like he's the annoying sibling that has to be the focus of every parent's the apple of every of of the of your parents' eye. He's the annoying sibling that has to be the everything at every picnic. You notice that every time there's a big fight in boxing is when you know what I'm thinking about coming back. Mm-hmm. I might be. You you never know. It, it, it's that's who he is. I don't think I don't think Floyd wants to fight. I think that zero is too important to him. But it's but he's going to make sure that you think there's a chance. Oh, for sure. And he's going to stay in the center of attention. For sure, for sure. I personally would like to see him come back and have somebody dust him and say, "See what happens, dummy." Right, right. You know, you, you had the right idea, and you it. Other than Rocky Marciano, they all have the right idea, and they can never stay away. Can't do it. Can't do it, won't do it. Well, look, that's the that's the boxing portion of of Minds Like Minds podcast, man. I want to thank you, Sean, for. Uh, have I bored the hell out of these people? And I still have Browns and Buckeyes stuff. I know. I hope not. Uh, if you are interested in listening to some Browns and Buckeyes, that will be the next portion of the podcast. But uh, do appreciate um, you know you guys listening, of course, and definitely appreciate you, Sean, for talking some boxing to everybody. Let everyone know where they can uh, get your uh, read your blog. Oh, at thoughtsofrs.blogspot.com, where you can read. Lots of boxing, Browns, Buckeyes, Indians baseball, passings, uh, 
We note all sorts of non-sports stuff, basically enough to bore you for bore you to tears for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make sure you tune in to our Browns and Buckeyes. We're about to get real deep. We're about to get real heavy. So um, see y'all in a few. I've been on the spiritual cleanse lately. Can't tell the masses cause the masses think you crazy. They shady. Don't come around me trying to play me. Cause I am nothing sweet. Don't compare me to Sadie. The difference when you elevate your thinking. You knew better, you do better. This ship is never sinking. I'm always on the rise. The first step is believing. Then I execute the plan with the power of my breathing. Please bring the mindset from all of your achievements. God gave me power. That's like even more the reason. Plenty late nights, early mornings in this season. I be stressed by noon, so I meditate in the evening. Oh God, mm, yeah. my God, where do I find the minds that's like minds? You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover from whatever you've been going through. Yeah, yeah. My God, where do I find the minds that's like minds? You say you hope I succeed, that's likewise. Well, I hope you do recover from whatever you've been going through. Been going through. What you going through? Going through.